And so okay. now everything I have is statically charged that I washed yesterday. So I had to change it to an entirely different outfit and take off the socks that I was wearing today because they're all too statically charged for me to record a clean sounding podcast. Okay. So you're almost a superhero then. You got that much. Super producer. I'll take that much. That's some fucking troubleshooting yeah. right there. That is, in fact, some troubleshooting. Um, so before we get started, not to toot my own horn too much, but uh, I discovered since this is my first year uh, working in an office around the holidays, um, previously it had all been summertime internships and things like that, but I discovered there's something really nice about working in the office around uh, the holidays. Motherfucking other businesses drop off gift baskets to you. Oh, yeah. You know, I, oh, I learned yeah. this uh, last year. Last, and I wasn't even in an office. I was just in a branch. Yo. And I learned this last, And it's delightful. It there's is. Too many, there's too many treats. There's too many. That's the whole thing. And, dude, there's like 10 people in my office. So, a, like, some, some, part, of us. some partner, yeah, some partners came by or some, some company we partner with or whatever, some supplier maybe came by and just dropped off like a, a huge fucking basket of all these like wrapped up goodies like wild flavors too like there was a um a bag of shit uh and I, it was like it's like these like kind of they looked like uh like turtles or truffles or something almost but like they were uh like dark chocolate coated uh brownies and they were called edgies I've never heard that before. It's a weird name, and I'm not sure I like it, but they were delicious. And I'm eating right now, by bringing up, I'm eating like a cappuccino toffee fudge thing right now. I got like a fucking red velvet cake square waiting for me, like in my cabinet above my desk when I get into the office. I got a cookie bar for Alicia back there. I'm, I feel like I'm loaded. This is Christmas right now. Yeah, you know what's funny is we got the exact same kind of... Um, layout when i was at the branch last year and it got to the point where like we you progress through stages of it so the first week like i was in shock i wasn't used to it so i was like wow this is great um you know i can't wait to dig in and i had an excessive amount of dessert right second week i was just like even still gotta take advantage it's gonna run out third week is when you start to feel a little bit fatigued uh you gotta really persevere you gotta push through fourth week you're almost fed up but you know it's Christmas, so you get like a second wind. And then comes like the dark time, which is the week after Christmas, and then the following week when nobody drops off any more goodies, but you still have like three baskets you have to get through and mm. you don't want to be rude. Yeah. And you just gotta keep plowing it. You now you're just taking it home, or or so you say, and really you're just throwing it away when you get home because you just cannot eat anymore. So it's it's quite the roller coaster. It's a tough reality to face right now. I'm so I'm so ecstatic about it right now. This is like a dream come true. They're like first real because I started working at this place back in July, and the first real big like holy fucking shit moment I had was I opened up the refrigerator and there was like nine different variety of Lacroix sitting there, and like Ooh. they just constantly like. It's just like, you know, weekly office order. They just like stock up. There's no like food in the office. Like I can't get anything. I can't like have a snack or something whenever I want it. But like there's like nine different varieties of soda and nine different varieties of fucking sparkling water. Um, That's good. Yeah, it's good enough for me. It's wild at least. Um, Alrighty. Weird. Like, oh, by the way, I forgot to mention alongside me having to... um change my entire outfit because of that static i'm also sitting on an entirely different chair i had to Ooh, go into my dining room i had to go into my dining room and get a fucking dining room chair without any kind of cushioning on it or any kind of material because i knew it would be it would attract the static that's left on my body i do this i think that's you, what folks. it is it, yeah there's a lot of bad juju i think you you can't just change the chair like that that's not right yeah well since we're uh, changing it up, I'm going to change something up a little bit right now, too. Um, I'm going to do a little plugging before the show starts. Um, so, while we're still on the cold open stage here, you guys, make sure you're heading over to thenextwall.com. Our new writer, newest guy, Harley Geffner, getting a lot of love on Reddit today. Shout out all of our fans on Reddit for uh, for checking that out. He had uh, yeah. just a piece talking about the progression of Frank Neil Aquina. And, uh, you know, really went in depth on, you know, just like 
the mechanics and how he's built and you know what he's got to uh you know what he could contribute in a little bit and it's 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 a good piece i'm not going to ruin it for you now um, and I, I was going through it before this actually it was really it was a good read yeah i haven't gotten through i haven't gotten all the way through it yet i'm still i still got uh about you know maybe a third of a page to go yeah um so good read check that out um what else do we got to plug plug our snapchat uh i'll be on it this saturday because i will be at the Knicks bowls game and i'm real stoked about that um let's see i kind of teased our collaboration pod on the uh on periscope yesterday my periscope that went horribly yesterday um should i can i tease it on here or should i make them just wait till we drop um can you hint at what you're referencing yeah uh there's a sister team in madison square garden uh that our stupid fucking uh owner james dolan also owns uh and there's a couple of couple of good dudes out there who are doing a podcast of their own uh talking about them so uh, we've kind of gotten friendly with them recently and, you know, I'm not going to say exactly who they are yet, but I think you guys might have some ideas. Uh, they're good dudes. They do a really nice podcast and it's going to be a blast. So I'm excited for that to happen. And mm. yeah, shitty plug. No, um, uh, last, if we're, we might as well just get all the, the reads out in the beginning yeah, no, here. Do them, all, um, do them all right now. Yeah. Yeah. So might as well, we don't want to bore you guys later in the show. Um, so we have on December 30th, we have a little fan event, which you probably have seen. Uh, this should have gone first. I can't believe I forgot about this. Yeah, you should, you should have led with this. So, um, But anyway, we have a fan event. So those of you who are in the city, which is most likely all of you or most of you listening, uh, Smithfield is the place that we will be doing Smithfield it at. Smithfield Hall. To yep, I'm going to, I'm going to pull up the address just to make sure we get the correct plug here okay it's 138 west 25th street and it's at 7 p.m we're going to be watching the nick game all together that night um it's going to be a fairly big group yeah it's looking good we got some we got some friends who look like they're going to be stopping by i'm really excited about that i'll be there i'm coming in from chicago for it i'm Um, i'm kind of surprised uh that this many of you like us to come in real life to be quite honest so that's fun um our i just realized before we started recording our ladies are going to meet Mm-hmm. I wonder what that's going to be like. Yeah, yeah. Um, you guys are going to come to find out. Yeah, um, so I, I'm excited. But uh, so 7 p.m. Smithfield Hall in the city. Uh, it's Saturday, December 30th, and the address for that is 138 West 25th Street. I think that's come 25th through. and 7th. If I do believe it's right over there. I trust. I trust you more than I trust me. Yeah. So. Um, so come through. Uh, we got tickets. They got some tickets still available. They're going really, really quickly. We don't have a ton of room to operate in there. Yeah, but, so reserve um, one quickly. Yeah, and more than just coming just to hang out with us, um, we're gonna have giveaways. We're gonna have some of that fantastic merch that you guys have been kicking down the door to get that uh, our own Bailey Carlin has designed. So I'm gonna have some shirts, uh, stickers, maybe some mugs, uh, various other things. So we're going to do, you know, play a couple games, give those away. Uh, we're just going to have a good time, you know, and uh, sort of appreciate you guys, you know, for supporting us. It's a little, you know, I'm not going to give you food and drinks, but come hang out, come watch the game, and I'll bring some merch that you have a shot to win at. So uh, it'll be a good time. Uh, it's going to be a good time. That's kind of it for plugs. Yeah, I think yeah, that's I it think for it's plugs. A, we, we could... Get into it. Yeah, yeah. Get get your tickets. Get your tickets. Get, get your tickets. merch for the event. Get your merch. That's all I ask. It's Christmas time. It's Christmas holiday, time. holiday time. Excuse me. Um, get your orders in off. by next week into T Public if you want to get TKW merch uh, into your place by uh, in time for Christmas. They're, the prices are going to start going up after that, and you don't want that to happen. So put your orders in soon. Uh, let's start the show. Let's get it. That's one small step for man. One giant leap for mankind. Columbia, Columbia. 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 Colum
Welcome, everybody, to the TKW podcast. Uh, we're both your hosts tonight because it's just the two of us. I'm Anthony Corbo. I'm Kyle Maggio. And we are going to just chat about the last couple of days in Nixland as we do literally every episode. No need for me to drop that there. Um, so you want to start right up with uh, Nick's Grizz? Um, yeah, yeah, let's get to it. I, I got to rewatch some of the game when I got home um, before I had that quick little meeting. So I kind of flashed through it. Um, main thing, main two things that stuck out to me was one, KP was a little bit off offensively, which is fine. He looked good he from the start. Snapped. Yeah, but I mean, as time, maybe that's what I mean by not so much rust, but I know, I know they're athletes. I know he didn't miss that many games. Um, but even still, it looked like maybe he got tired or it was wearing on the ankle a little bit. I, I can't really speculate, but it looked like, you know, he just was missing a little bit. He didn't have his legs underneath him all the way, but. Um, I thought he looked fine. I, he he looked as good as I could have hoped. You know, he didn't coming off that injury when we all collectively held our breaths and wanted to die. I, I'm pretty okay with what I saw from him. Um, biggest thing that stuck out to me is like the biggest thing that should be sticking out to everyone this season. Um, outside of Chris Stapps's, you know, torrid start to the year, Courtney Lee can fucking ball and he's been balling out this entire season. It's insane. Like, yeah, at and first we like, thought maybe you still he was hear people be a, talking about trading him. Like everyone's still all about trading him, and you just look and you're like, look at look at what he's doing right now. Well, well, that's 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 the thing is his trade value is at its highest now, and that's why th- there's no wrong answer. Like if if you're a GM and you have a guy like Courtney Lee who's 32 or 33, I think he's about to be 33 if he's not already. He's an aging wing. And he's a really he's a good defender. He can obviously shoot the lights out. Um, and more than that, he's just got basic playmaking ability. He just does this, you know, high IQ guy. And he's a good veteran. And you want that in your locker room, especially contending teams. And that's why when you make the case for trading him, you're not wrong because this is the Knicks, this Knicks teams, while they've overachieved to be, uh, begin this season. And yeah, maybe if they if they keep Courtney Lee, he keeps playing mo- more or less like this. KP plays more or less like he's played. Timmy comes back and same thing, plays more or less like he's been playing. Maybe they make the playoffs. Maybe they make a little bit of noise. Maybe the, you know competitive first round. Maybe they sneak into the second round. But that would be like the farthest I see them going. But overall, it's a team of the future. That being said, if you want to trade a 33 year old aging wing playing some of the best ball of his career, that's also a good move. This is a way to optimize your returns for this team of the future. So I get it. I personally really like Courtney Lee. We we all really like Courtney Lee. He's a good guy to have around, especially for KP and um, Frank, the young guys. And uh, we'll get to that a little bit later. But I, I, I don't know. I, I really I could get either side of it. But right now, just having him playing like this especially with like Timmy missing some games and KP sitting out once every couple of games, having Courtney be this consistent is just really just encouraging, really fun to see for a guy that we like rooting for. Well, this is kind of like the time when we would know, right? Like this is the stretch where we're going to figure out a lot of what this team is going to become. You have KP starting to uh, show a little bit of wear as the season goes on, Um, you know, coming back down to earth a little bit with his scoring, with his play, He's still doing incredible things out there, but I think he's starting to look a little bit more routine. Um, And you got Tim Hardaway Jr. now hurt. You got to figure out what guys are going to be able to step up and fill out around him. You have some other guys who aren't uh, getting quite as many minutes as they used to earlier in the season. I didn't really see much of Kylo Quinn at all in the uh, the Grizzlies game the other day. Um, But, you know, you're really starting to, like, kind of develop your rotation here. And you you have guys who have to be able to cover each other's slack. And that's going to be the big tell of things. If Courtney Lee can kind of keep his play up and can cover Tim Hardaway Jr.'s slack for the next couple of, you know, next couple of weeks. And even if it's a little bit longer than that, or he takes a little bit longer to get back into routine, then I think he's a piece worth keeping. And you start looking at the playoffs like, you know, last year, this is what we were all talking about. Like, should the Knicks make the playoffs or should they not? And, you know, ultimately, ultimately it worked out. We got ten, we got Frank, you know, we, we didn't make the playoffs, all that. 
but there was a real big push for should we be in the playoffs because it'll be big for KP's development. Maybe it was too early last year, but I think this year, if you have a chance for the playoffs, you definitely should shoot for it because, you know, I don't think we're getting a high lottery pick with this team and KP could use that time there as well as the other guys. So if Courtney Lee can help you accomplish that, I think you hold on to him for a little bit longer. Yeah. Uh, I, I guess if I had to choose one guy to move, you know, I, I'd prefer Kylo Quinn, but this is why when we get excited about guys playing well for a stretch on this team that aren't, you know, KP and Timmy and um, Frank, it's because those guys are typically a little bit older or at a position not of need where we get excited. Like, okay, his trade value is up. Like, I love having Kyle Quinn on this team now. I've done a total 180. And it's like at the same time, if he's playing really, really well for a, a long stretch, then I'd be really more than happy to get something for him in the future. And the same thing goes for uh, Courtney Lee. As much as I really like having him, if he can get something for him, you know, go for it. But right now, I it's sort of a, like a pendulum. Like we keep going back and forth. Like I, I, I at first was really all in for the tank, as we most all of us were. And then in like 10 games, we were just like, fuck the tank. Let's just try to get to the playoffs. This is exciting. Let's get these guys some experience. So I don't know. I, I'm just... I'm just trying to enjoy this season. I'm just trying to enjoy Courtney Lee right now. Yeah, and I'm with you too. And I'm, I'm taking a look at you know, at, well, what these players' contracts are looking at right now. Uh, do you know what year Courtney Lee's contract ends in? Is he this? Uh, does, this should be his third is, season. Is it 2019? I think it's 2019 because I remember he was. Oh no, maybe he was the fo- he was the following year, I think, because uh, he was the last same. year was his first year. He was. I'm pretty sure Courtney Lee was with. Uh, Courtney Lee wasn't at the same time as Rolo. It was just the last. No, no, no. You know who was Rolo? Rolo was a Flalo. That's right. Okay. Yeah, because I, I remember. The only reason I remember that is because both those deals, or I think those are his first three deals. Free agents. Those were the first three free agent deals that were like sort of significant signings. And I remember after the Courtney Lee deal, sort of being high on Phil because I was like, you know, I, I can't remember if this was uh, before or after the Derrick Rose and Joe Kim Noah stuff too. But I do remember Courtney Lee coming, and I was, you know what? I was like, got a good deal with Rolo. You know, Aaron Aflalo. As much as I hated him, that was a good deal, good value at that time. Anyway, hindsight's twenty twenty. And uh, then he got Courtney Lee, and I was like, this is actually a pretty good deal for Courtney Lee. Because I remember Courtney Lee was talking to a couple teams, and they thought he was going to get more. Other guys got signed before him, and then all of a sudden he was like the holdover, and then he came to New York. So, um, yeah, I was pretty – yeah, but it, I was pretty excited, but it's only two years. So the reason why I kind of brought that up is because I'm taking a look at these contracts right now, and I'm taking a look at the contracts of KOQ, uh, Courtney Lee, and Joakim Noah. Because – I think it's kind of in the minds of Knicks fans' heads that Joakim Noah's contract is terrible. It's, you know, probably the worst contract in the league. But the Knicks probably aren't going to be good enough to really do anything significant in the time period of his contract. Now, his contract expires in 2020, uh, which is fucking ridiculous to think about. Uh, But, so... Courtney Lee's expires the same year. So I'm looking at it right now. That's about $32 million that come off of our books right then and there. Kyle O'Quinn's comes off the year before, so he's kind of out of this conversation here. But like those two coming off the books at the same time would give the Knicks a lot of cap space when they might need it to sign that last player to really make them an Eastern Conference threat. And so I'm not super concerned with trading Courtney Lee right now. I kind of don't mind the idea of those two contracts coming off the books at the same time so that you can go after that one player when the timing is right. Yeah, uh, this is, but that's sort of the direction that we're heading now is um, at first it was, we don't have anybody here. There's no appeal to sign in New York. And when you had an aging mellow and everybody, I'm a, you guys know that I've always been happy with mellow in New York, despite the circumstances. And, uh, it just wasn't 
conducive of having or fielding a good free agent hull because, yeah, I mean, as much as people might like Melo as a player, as a person, it's a hard sell to be like, well, he's 33 and the main cog of a team that he's sort of not on the right timeline with, but he's still here. He's still the number one option. It's a tough selling point. And then you added like Derrick Rose to the mix last season. And then there was all that, you know, whether he was going to come back or not during the, the early part of the summer. And it just, it sort of jeopardizes whether guys want to come or not. And now what you've kind of done is despite sort of the cap sort of still being tied up and Joe King Noah, and now, you know, Tim Hardaway too, but even with Timmy, you see like, okay, well, that's a 25-year-old guy who's playing pretty well to start the year. You know, you add that to KP, who's only 21, 22, who's playing out of his mind. And, yeah, I mean, in two years when Noah's off the books, you know, even Lee, as good as he is, he's older right now. So, yeah, when these guys come off the books, it's like, you know, let's say this is who Timmy is. He's an 18 to 20 point per game score, pretty good defender, a little bit of playmaking ability. It's like, well, if you have that – on the wing, a more than capable wing guy to go with, you know, Frank. And and then, uh, I mean, I don't know what comes of the Cantor, Billy Hernan Gomez situation, but just having two really foundational pieces, I think would that just helps you attract the talent that you would need. So, I mean, I don't know who they get, but I'd imagine having guys that are this young and this good, it's got to be attractive to somebody. And once the money opens back up, you, you couple those two things together. And I mean, why, why wouldn't you want to come here? Not yeah. even because it's like, not even because it's like, and, and I've long hated the whole, well, it's the Mecca, it's the garden. Like you have to come here. It's the best place in the world to play. And though I, I enjoy the garden and always have, and I always will, and I'm partial to it. I always hated that as a selling point because people don't, to me, I don't feel like, Players give a shit in 2017. Yeah, about- I, I think it's more that the appeal of New York is more what draws them in rather than the arena. There's very little yeah. players in the league. I think that would give that much of a shit. Yeah. So, so I don't know. That's why it's like, yes, this is something that, uh, you know, our own Jeff Ballone, Knicks film school Shouts. has been talking about. Yep. Um, he's been talking about for a while is that this team really could be a selling point to free agents if they could just clear up a little bit of cap room. And I'm really inclined to agree at this point. Um, I don't know when specifically this would happen where they'd be a destination again, but if KP is who KP is right now and and even Timmy just keeps improving, I mean, you're going to get somebody. It's not going to be this place where older players go to sign a big contract and die anymore. You know, I think that much, yeah, I most mean, most people can agree on. I don't we, know if it's the destination, but you won't be shunned, is what I'm saying. We do this all the time, where you know, it's like the summer of 2010 was a big summer. That was going to be the year that the Knicks get you know LeBron and going to go to the top. And then the summer of 2015 was the summer because Amare's contract comes off the books and all this. And even though I'm, I'm just going to do it again. I think the summer of 2020 is going to be the summer that the Knicks need to make that big acquisition. And that'll be the year that can really, really make them a threat. I mean, I kind of, I kind of think that all the vernacular I've heard about the team over the last few years has been, you know, 2020 to 2025. It looks like a really good window. I don't even like that. I'm saying this right now. Um, it's, no, but I mean, you know, it, it sounds it makes, so far, but it does. But at the same time, K- KP's got to be the number one guy, right? KP's 20. I think he just turned 22. So two years from now, he's only 24. Two years from now, we're entering 2020. So he's 24, entering 2020. The cap is going to be, should be wide open outside of Timmy. I mean, you're going to throw whatever you can at KP, obviously. But then there's going to be money to spend. I, I just think they're going to be able to feel the good team. I don't know who it is that would come, but somebody's coming and I don't think, and again, I just don't think I'm not saying we're getting the top tier guys or even many of them. I'm saying, I don't know who, but someone's going to come. Cause I don't think they're going to shun New York anymore. If you have, despite the front office drama, you have a guy like KP. If you know, he stays healthy. He is who he is. I just feel like you'd want to come play for that. I mean, we'll see, we'll see, but he's only going to be 24. He's going to be entering, you know, the upswing there, the, the real, you know, prime in those next couple of years after that so it's very early he's got to stay healthy he's got to keep this level of play up but if those things were to happen 2020 could 
actually be fruitful. That could be a good summer to get us back on track as much as I don't want to fall in love with the summer. Uh, you know, this reminds, like you said before, reminds me of the summer of 2010, which yeah. I was too young and naive. It just broke right. my heart. Um, so. so I kind of want to move on from here. Uh, but real quick before I do, do you know how much money Joakim Noah lost in his 20 game suspension? Three, That'd be a couple mil. Three million one hundred seventy-four thousand three hundred sixty-four dollars. Just while I had it in front of me. Um. That's, anyway, uh, more money than I'll probably make in my life. Uh, I think was you supposed to like ten million dollars is enough to get you through a lifetime or something? Is supposed is like the average spend of a lifetime. Interesting. Um. Anyway, anything else on uh Nick's Grizzlies you want to touch on? Anything on Jack, uh, Jared Jack, or uh, Frank, or anyone? Jack had a pretty good game. Uh, I, I would. He didn't have a great start. I was ready to write him off at the very beginning, but he he pulled it together. Um, Frank was kind of there. Didn't really do too yeah. much. And nice steal, a couple of nice assists. Kind of an average Frank game right now. He's gonna he's gonna kind of need to start so, showing something more soon. But where do you stand on the? Uh, on the Jared Jack Frank Nielakina starting debate right now, I st- I I think I remain unchanged. I don't want Frank as much as it would be fun to see Frank start right now. I kind of like the dynamic that they have going. You know, Jack plays a lot of the earlier minutes, and then in the third quarter he plays a little bit more, and then typically second quarter and fourth quarter are a lot of Frank minutes, and I kind of like that setup. It allows Frank to get his feet wet without overloading him with a lot of a workload. Gives him important minutes in the fourth and even in the second to close at a half. Those minutes are important. I'm okay as long as that dynamic mostly holds. I don't really – just having him start for the sake of starting because he was a the eighth pick it doesn't really do anything for me. I obviously believe in him. I think at some point he should start. I don't know when that would be, but I, I like – I feel like he's progressing just fine. He's taking more shots that we want him to take now. They're not all falling, but he's taking them. We know we could hit them. So I don't – I think Jack's doing – I wouldn't say a fine job, but he's doing what you would hope he could do in those minutes to some degree. You know, this team obviously has a ceiling, and he's playing as probably better than he should be playing, to be honest, but it fits with this scheme. Um, you know, one thing we talked about a lot with – Hornacek was he had a good system for point guards and I think I think maybe we need to do a deep dive with that at some point to really take a look but I have a hunch that Jack playing for Hornacek um, in his scheme and his system if you will probably benefits him to some degree I mean this is a guy that didn't seem like he was going to hang around on a roster this season now he's playing pretty decent minutes for uh, starting too for the Knicks so he surprised me. I don't know if uh, he'll be able to keep it up. I, I think he should start for the foreseeable future. I'm not a Jared Jack fan, but I just think for the betterment of Frank and his development, I, I think this is the right route. So let's talk a little bit more about the uh, about the starters because we've had a pretty big change in the starting lineup this week because Tim Hardaway has been, uh, right. been injured. Um <laughs> So how do you, obviously we kind of touched on Courtney Lee filling his role pretty admirably so far, but how is the rest of the team responding around that? Who's kind of making up for Hardaway's workload? Have we seen anything out of like Dotson or any potential players there? I think Dotson should be getting more minutes. I think we've discussed this as a site or even tweeted about it. We wanted to see him more. He's what you'd want in a wing. He can shoot very well from outside. Um, not even just like as a young guy coming in, like he just shoots well overall. Um, he's athletic. He's, I mean, he's quick. He can play defense. We, you know, I think uh, JB threw together a couple clips of that about his uh, strength there. I just, I think he should be playing more. I don't know where and and when, but I, the kid can play. So I think he got to free up some minutes for him somewhere. I know it's tough when. Uh, Timmy's been playing as well as he's been playing and Courtney's been playing as well as he's been playing. And I know a lot of times they uh, stagger their minutes, but I don't know. I, I just, I wish I would see more Dotson. Dotson's, 
He seems like a good find. See, I'm kind of... I'm not quite there with you. I, I don't really see anything too significant out of Dotson. He kind of just seems pretty standard to me. The thing that's been very appealing to me has been the rest of the team responding to Tim being out. Because it's a lot of... You know, it, it's he Tim Hardaway does a lot of things that need to be made up for this team. And I think all the other players who play around Tim Hardaway uh, now need to react in different kinds of ways. It changes the way they have to play their roles, too. Most notably, we see with Courtney Lee again. But even other guys like, you know, Michael Beasley in the last game looked really good. And it's maybe because Hornacek just needs to distribute a little scoring out. So he's giving Beasley a little bit more run. Um, yeah. It was weird shots. You know, they were they were you know, mid-range faders and stuff like that. And, you know, gl- you know, bullshit glamour shots. But, like, they kind of, you know, he, he was able to hit that. You know, McDermott came in in, in the uh, at the end of the game, and he was looking good, too. You know, like, there's other wings. Lance Thomas got the start and was playing well. There's, uh, you know, the other wings have really impressed me with how much they kind of uh, have picked up some slack for Tim Hardaway. And I hope they can carry it over when he comes back. Yeah, I, that, the one thing that's beautiful about Courtney Lee is that he's one of the uh, – I don't want to be like cliche, but he's like a pro's pro. It's like whatever is asked of him, he can do it. And we saw that a lot last year with as weird of an – that was a very ill-fitting team. And it seemed like there was those games when he would have you know 25 points and – four or five assists, a couple of rebounds, you know, shot the ball well. And then there was games where he'd have like five points and he didn't do a whole lot because, again, ill-fitting team, it's hard to be consistent. And this year it seems like there's an emphasis on playmaking for the wing because whether it's Timmy or whether it's Courtney, both those guys are just – they sort of fill – they do sort of the same job in a sense – you know, they both provide like that outside shooting threat. They can also get to the rim. I think Timmy's a little bit better there. Um, but on top of that, they just they kind of fit in where they need to because, again, the playmaking ability, they're dishing well, whether it leads to a direct assist for them or not. They're making just a lot of good passes to move the defense. And on top of that, yeah, I mean, they're playing defense. You know, Courtney kind of just does whatever he's asked to do. And when he was doing that all year with Timmy and then Timmy's out now. And again, last night was a good example. You see it a little bit more. And I I think that's just the funnest thing is when guys can, you just like plug and play, like Cordy just comes right in and it's like, they don't miss a beat because he can provide, you know, okay, well, what, what are we missing from Timmy? I can give you that. And that's a beautiful thing. If you're, if you have the depth to do it. Yeah. And kind of like, I guess to, uh, to bridge the two points that we're making here, there was something that came out the other day. Uh, was it Bondi had it? Uh, that Lance Thomas and Courtney Lee are both co-captaining the team this year. Correct. Correct. Um, Lance Thomas being the longest tenured Nick at this point. He came over before KP, right? He was the season prior? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, because he, he was he from... Was he was a JR trade. Yeah, he came from that yeah. just horrid, horrid tank year. Right, so... Yeah, Lance Thomas is is the uh, the old head on the team right now. He's been around the longest, and you know that's really awesome for him. And you see it in so many ways how he's taken ownership of this team. You know the team he stuck around with. You you saw it in the uh, you know he's written pieces for the Players Tribune. Um, You know, really showing that he he wants to be he wants to be a part of this team. He wants to be a part of this team to stay. And Courtney Lee just being, you know, the ultimate veteran. And both of them have experience floating around the league and everything like that. But the two of them coming together and just being like the stable, steadying presence in the room is, I think it's huge. I think it's really paying dividends for the rest of the team. I think it's why you have guys like McDermott and guys like Beasley who are able to step up when they're being called on. Yeah, McDermott's another one that there's a lot of young guys playing well, so we don't always catch him first when we talk about these things especially with how good kp and, and timmy have been and obviously we want to be excited about frank but mcdermott's been i don't want to sit here and say he's been you know phenomenal or anything but i didn't i think a lot of us didn't think we were going to get a hell of a lot out of him maybe it's because expectations were low but he's been playing pretty damn well and i have not even well, let me see if i can pull up his numbers I haven't even begun to look at 
what he's done compared to last season or um, career highs or anything like that. But it just seems like he's had more of an impact with this team than he's had for, you know, whether it was the Bulls or the Thunder or anybody else in his career so far. I have no idea if that's true or not. Um, But I mean, but even, you know, when you look at just the way that he's reacting with the team and the way he's reacting with the chemistry and, you know, that it's, he didn't expect to come over here this summer. You know, the mellow trade was one of the most drawn out things that, that had, it was one of the most drawn out storylines of the entire summer. And he got kind of thrust into this situation is what I mean. And for him to be able to react, you know, so well and develop a, a relationship with the team in the city already is it's really cool. Well, this is actually interesting because my hunch was that he's been playing better than any other time in his career. And while if you look at the bare bones stats, like the typical counting stats, uh, he's pretty on par with what he's for the most part with what he's done for his career. It's a couple little differences. But if you go to his advanced numbers and this is why it's important to sometimes realize things first with the eye test before then just staring at the spreadsheet. All of his uh, advanced numbers seem to indicate this is uh, a better season for him. His, uh, his assist numbers, I think his assist percentage is up. Um, I think his true shooting percentage is the highest of his career. Hmm. Um, what, what else? His uh, VORP, the V-O-R-P, which is value over replacement player, which typically I hate because it's associated with my arch nemesis, um, Jokic. Yeah. This is this is the highest VORP of his career. Um, his offensive box plus minus and his defensive box plus minus are the best of his career. Um, his standard box plus minus, same thing, best of his career. And the reason I know this quickly as I'm going through this is because in all the prior years, his OBPM, DPPM, BPM, and VORP were all negatives. Everything was a negative. Everything. This season, while it's not anything to brag home about, this is why I said I didn't want to say he was outstanding. Right. Uh, his OBPM is 0.5 as opposed to just being negative because in every every season it was negative 2.1, negative 1.2. Uh, his defensive box plus minus, instead of being negative 3 basically, which is what he's averaged for his career – it's just negative 0.7, so not like, too shabby. Yeah, and we see that with, I think it's part partly a result of looking good with the team around him. You have a lot, you know, the ball movement's been really good this season. To start the season, yeah. it's been really, really good. And that might be the key difference between this year's next team and, you know, the last couple of iterations, especially when you had, you know, ball stoppers like Mello and Rose on the court. You know, everyone's saying that it's around this time of the year where the Knicks start to tail off, and we've kind of seen a regression, but kind of a natural regression, I think. But I think if they keep this ball movement up and guys, you know, continue to show the little things on the court and, like, the the small measurables, like what you're talking about, they are able to, uh, you know, to really tell a, a better story, then, you know, that's what we want. We want this team to look competent in the present. We want them to look competent in the future. We don't want to be worrying about, you know, old stats the only one i yeah. don't understand is vorp i still don't get vorp but i'll get, I'll VORP, get it eventually vorp, vorp basically because i don't even want to waste my time on the calculation of it um you know in baseball when they have i, I don't know what it, it it's just they have a better like wording for it but it's the same thing it's it's basically your value over like how much more valuable you are than any like standard replacement player for the most part. Oh, it has to and be a league average. Okay. I, 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 I believe so. I don't even, I haven't looked, but that's what I think the basis of it is, is your value in this position over replacement players value in this position. And I would imagine that'd be an average, okay, the um, average replacement player. Of the league. This is the definition. Okay. It says, okay. it says a, a box score estimate of the points per 100 team possessions that a player contributed to above a replacement level, which is negative 2.0 player, translated to an average team and prorated to an 82-game season. (laughs) So it it seems like a thing that might be difficult to actually calculate, which is why I don't 
love it. I think for this particular instance, it's very specific, but it's it's very specific. But uh, what one thing I did want to touch on before we fully moved on was mm-hmm. uh, I know we had it on the notes was um, just how important. Well, I know what you said about Lance and uh, Courtney being co-captains, but more than just on-court stuff, I think what helps is when a guy like Lance, who's he's been a bench guy his whole career, he's been a little bit of a journeyman, and he doesn't play in all the games. He doesn't play big minutes in all the games. And when he does, typically it's he hit a couple outside shots, played really good defense. That's why he played 25 minutes in a game, let's say. And when a guy like that gets tapped to be a co-captain, I think that really speaks to the character of a guy. And having somebody like that be recognized as a captain of a team is whether or not you think he's a good basketball player. And if you think he's a bad basketball player, you're also incorrect. But depending on how good you think he is... um, I think that's important. You want to have like high quality veterans, whether they start or not, to build around a young team. That's all that we've wanted. You know, having Derrick Rose in the locker room last season really wasn't a good thing for guys like KP and Billy. So, you know, now you have Lance in there. I mean, say what you want about Noah. I think he's a probably a pretty good veteran guy to have despite the money. Uh, and, and Courtney Lee's obviously a good vet to have. And it's, I'm not going to sit here and say, you know, oh, you know, the dysfunction of Madison Square Garden and the Knicks is gone. But that's one thing that can be done to try to help shift some of that. I don't know how much, but some of that. Like, that's just a really important thing to to really try to start doing. So I, I like – I saw that article and it really, you know, warmed my heart a little bit because I do root for Lance a lot. And I think he's a, he's a good asset for this team. Whether or not he always plays, um, just – Having a guy like that, I think, is really important, and I'm glad that I saw that. Um, all right, so last thing before we get going, uh, I want to kind of talk about the front court rotation real quick. We've had, you know, like we were saying earlier, the you know the entire rotation, the team as a whole, has kind of gotten a little bit shorter. Where you know Billy hasn't seen any more minutes except in you know total garbage time. Um, yeah, they're dealing with some injuries and you're still not seeing, you know, we haven't seen Baker in a while, you know, good. What, what, yes, good. But, uh, you know, particularly when we're looking at the front court, we've been seeing less minutes about Quinn, we've been seeing a little bit more Beasley out there, uh, backing up KP. We, you know, we got Cantor still out there, but he's missed a couple of games. Um, you know, Noah's back. He's not really playing at all. Um, Billy's not playing at all, like I said, so. What do you? This is a storyline we've been we knew we were going to have to watch all season. So where do you? What do you think of the front court rotation right now? Honestly, I mean they're five hundred. We didn't even think they'd be five hundred. So I would be inclined to imagine that with the talent level of this team, they're probably doing a pretty good job. I, I don't want to say there's of course there's room for improvement, but I just think there's not a ton to complain about, you know, I mean, you know, for example, Kyle Quinn hasn't been playing that well. Kyle Quinn hasn't also been playing a ton lately. Those things probably aren't a coincidence. Like it seems like there's some accountability. It seems like things make a little bit of sense. Um, as much as I think KP should play the five, as much as everybody thinks that Cantor has been phenomenal this season on almost both ends of the court, um, I, most things point to that being true. So I, I don't, I, they're 500. This is more than we thought they'd be to this point in the season, maybe for the whole season, but I, I don't know. I, I don't hate it. I mean, Billy's had his chances and he just hasn't made the most of it either. So yeah, I, I don't, I don't really have any complaints to be honest. No, isn't playing a ton. I know he just came back, but he's not playing a ton. So Right now, I don't have complaints, which is strange. Um, so, like looking at looking at Cantor, you know, he's I think he's starting to become. We kind of saw it from day one coming, but he's becoming a fan favorite right before our eyes. Uh, I love him. You love him, Cantor? Yeah, yeah. I I don't yeah. understand. Uh, 
I don't understand the anti candor stuff. Yeah, and you know what? So you love him. I love him. Um, does that buy him more time in New York now? Do you think he's kind of starting to establish himself as part of the long term plans? I, 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 I guess are the Billy stands starting to turn to Cantor stands? Honestly, probably because I've seen a lot of people turn like last year. You know, Billy was tossing up like double doubles left and right. You know, the second half of the season, just effortlessly. You know, blowout games, but he was tossing up double doubles like just it was nobody's business. We love what we saw from him. He was playing well. Everything was good. And then. Uh, Cantor has a really good start to the year. Billy, you know, doesn't have as many minutes because of it. And then Billy gets in the game and he misses like two shots and then people just blast him on Twitter. You know, I I remember seeing there was that one game against the Magic. It was a blowout. And he played like the last, it was like the last five minutes or last six minutes of the game. And in the last six minutes, he had like eight points and like seven rebounds. And I remember there was like three or four possessions where he just missed a rebound. And I remember seeing a couple of, it was more than one follower. You know, a couple of people were tweeting at us like, oh, you know, Billy wants to play more. He's got to get those. He's got to get those. And I was like, I don't, I don't know if this is the game to make that argument. You know, the the guy's got like seven rebounds in five minutes. I, I think there are better examples to use. And that game is when I started to feel like the tide was turning on him a bit. And, and that's when that whole New York is impatient thing may have reared its ugly head because it was like yeah i don't think he's played well at all this season he's he's actually had some opportunities and he just hasn't played well but you know people people fucking love ns Cantor right now and i think that absolutely has impacted any of the stands that billy had had made last year i'm still ready to ride for billy in the long run but i mean i think a lot of people turned on him early that's my feel on it anyway um yeah, I mean, like, I'm I'm glad the competition is still open. I'm glad that it's lasting this far into the year, and it might look like it could go through, you know, a couple of months even so. Cantor doesn't look like he's slowing down anytime soon. Um, What do we think about the, like, the power forward spot now? Obviously, KP's got the starting role locked down, but backup-wise, it was pretty much KOQ for most of the year. Now Beasley's starting to show uh, he can do a little bit in those minutes. What do you stand? Where, where do you stand there? Uh, who should be kind of eating up more of those minutes? Uh, the power. I don't know. See, this is the problem. The power forward spot gets so murky because I want to answer honestly in the present and assess the current situation, and then every fiber of my being is like, "Well, KP should not be playing the four. and then I try to approach it that way. Um. But like KP, I, KP's not playing the five anytime this season. He's he's had such small stretches. I I know there, I know with um, so many. There's just no way. I just don't want to see Michael Beasley. I just don't want to see. I understand he's fun. I understand he has a couple of good games here and there. But overall, he stinks. And I think the my problem with Beasley was when he signed. I thought this was going to be a lot of a year. And I thought, well, at least we have Michael Beasley for comic relief to get us through a lottery year. This still may be a lottery year, mind you. But at this moment, they're a 500 team. I think they're they're 24 games, which is a little more than a quarter of the season. They're 500 right now. And that being said, that means they're in the thick of the playoff race. And I do not want to see Michael Beasley playing for a team that we seriously want to make the playoffs. I just don't. I just don't I and I'm not sure what else you could really do to somebody's gotta play those power forward minutes if it's not KP. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to see Michael Beasley, bro. I really don't. I'm just I'm just gonna throw it up to whatever whatever the need is. You need some offense, you have no idea where to get it. You know, you have the wild card, Michael Beasley. The ultimate wild card. I'd uh, rather see I'd rather see an infinite amount of Lance Thomas at the four minutes than I would yeah, want to see Michael Beasley. That's true. I mean, that's the other thing you get into there. It's not even just like, oh, Quinn and Beasley, too, because, like, you know, once Hardaway comes back and you got to play Courtney Lee more at the three, what do you do with Lance Thomas? So yeah, I, 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 I think I, that's kind of the, the 
I think that's kind of where I stand with you too. It's like play who's playing well at the time, Kylo Quinn or Lance Thomas. Like one or the other is going to be playing well. So yeah, I, I don't. Well, it's, I, don't it's, I just don't want to watch. It's to keep watching over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, this is a situation that's going to play out all season long. Um, so we'll check back in next week. I think yeah. uh, that's probably as appropriate of a segue as we're going to get to, to uh, end the show. I guess we can just plug a couple of things in here again. Just kind of throw some quick reminders. Uh, meet up December 30th. Smithfield Get Hall. Your tickets. Go on. Get your tickets. Yeah, go go on to either Twitter or go to uh, go to Eventbrite and search the next wall. We got the tickets up on Eventbrite, so uh, they're free. Just go get them. Uh, you know, get get what you want, but try to try to remember it's starting to fill up. So get them quick. Um. Yep. Check out, uh, you know, check out new articles on the site. We're going to have a preview and recap up on Saturday. I don't think we have any ideas writing that yet, but uh, keep an eye out for that. And keep an eye out for me on the Snapchat on Saturday as well. Um, I guess that's about it. Anything for you, Kyle? No, that's it. Just buy the merch from the meetup. Get your ticket for the meetup. That's it. That's all I want for you guys. Yeah. It's very, very simple. Dress appropriately if you're coming to the meetup. Wear wear a TKW shirt. Make Bailey's day. Yeah, I think I think somebody called. I think Matt already called dibs on wearing Tim's. So, unfortunately for all of you yeah. New York City guys, you, you can't you can't wear your Tim's. Maybe find some lugs. Yeah. That you could wear. Yeah, uh, you can't those. wear Tim's. Those are taken. Um, nobody's called dibs on shirts yet. So you can add us and. Tell us which design you're wearing because I was going to wear – I'm just going to call dibs now. I'm going to wear a long-sleeve, black long-sleeve J.R. Smith Henny shirt. So okay. none of you guys can a wear classic. that specific shirt. All right. Yeah, a classic I, I'll do sure. mine too. I just I just ordered mine actually. It's a brand new one. Um, I kind of didn't want to reveal the secret, but I'm going to. It's a uh, – I've got the Sheed shirt, the once Nick, always a Nick, Rasheed Wallace. Um, I got, I'm going with the one. T-shirt. So, you know, crew necks, hoodies, long sleeves. It's all fair game. Uh, just don't get it in pink. I got the pink T-shirt, and that's all me. Oof. That is a unique shirt. <laughs> all right. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I got. Are you good? Yeah, I'm good, man. All right. I'll talk to you later. All right. Take it easy, buddy. <laughs>